Great morning, everyone. Today, oh, actually, good afternoon, my slide. <laughs> it's me, Lucia Gabriela. We're here at uh, Lucia Gabriela TV, pretty much on Facebook now. And uh, today, we have an amazing, incredible uh, mentor. He is uh, Michael Other, and he is uh, an empowerment coach for men, and he collaborates with Destin Garrick and uh, Evolve Masculine. So let me just introduce you um Michael with us today. Let me let me just here we go. There he is. Say hello. Hi. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, first of all, I want to really, really thank you for saying yes to um, these uh, kind of like conversations that we're having about like what actually sexual healing is and uh, what is not. Like literally trying to have a clear understanding for so many of our viewers and. Um, in the community, and what I really appreciate about you, Michael, is that you had very, you have been a very active voice in this community about sharing some great insight when it comes to this topic and conversation to keep the integrity of the work that we do. And I really, really appreciate that. And uh, come, you know, all your perspective coming from uh, coming from being a man and a male perspective, and having you know working with men as a, as a coach is really important and powerful to me. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. So we're going to start with the first question. <clears throat> so the first question is, what is sexual healing? Uh, that's quite a question, right? <laughs> uh, I think the, the what is not sexual healing is a much easier question to answer. Um, but uh, the So what is sexual healing? I mean, I, I view sexual healing as as the same as any other type of healing, uh, which is basically... Um, it's space holding, right? It's it's allowing things to come up to be witnessed and and cleared. So if you're talking about um, normal healing, we 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 often say you know that the healer, the job of the healer is to um, is to be hold a container for an individual to express and for and for things to come up and for uh, it. A new awareness is to be to be arrived at. So with sexual healing, I think it's it's exactly the same. It's just that the healer is skilled and knowledgeable in the area of sexuality, so that they've addressed a lot of their own triggers. They've they've done a lot of the the work on themselves with regard to their sexuality. They've cleared a lot of their uh, past belief systems that have and a lot of their triggers surrounding it, and they. Uh, hold a container for an individual to do the same. Um, so sexual healing is simply space holding for the expression of uh, fear, guilt, shame, uh, all those sorts of things surrounding sexuality for another person. Beautiful. That's how I would define it. Beautiful. And also I would like to invite everyone who is joining us today that if you have any questions, just feel free to um, ask. But we're going to have a specific questions that we get, we're asking to everyone who we are having conversations about this topic. And also that everyone uh, who is sharing, actually sharing from their perspective and their life experience. So it's so beautiful to have a compilation of so many great, great people that have a voice in this community and sharing a great insight. So now, what is not sexual healing? Um, so what is not sexual healing? Uh, I would say that sexual healing is not, uh, <clears throat> like, uh, some people have this idea that sexual healing involves uh, 
de facto, like, kind of like touching someone's someone's genitals and giving them uh, and giving them pleasure. Uh, I would say that that is not in and of itself uh, sexual healing, and it's a large misconception. Um, and I know before I ever entered these communities, I had this idea like. What do you get? What sexual healing? I'm gonna pay you, and you're gonna and you're gonna touch my penis, and then all of a sudden I'm gonna be healed. Like, what is this? You're just trying to get your needs met. Um, <laughs> and so that's not sexual healing. It's not necessarily a yoni massage, though that could be sexual healing. It's not necessarily a lingam massage. It's not necessarily a tantric massage. It's not. Uh, it's not necessarily anything. Um, there is no. There is no one action that could be considered um, sexual healing or not sexual healing. Uh, it's all in the the intention and the space that is held, which provides the healing, not the action itself. Uh, so <clears throat> I could put my hands on somebody uh, in a particular way, and in some contexts it would be healing, and in some contexts it would be violation, right? So... Uh, what is not sexual healing is one of those things uh, that it, it, I can't say before I see it, uh, whether it is or is not. Um, so, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> I don't know if it helps. <laughs> well, but pretty much what I'm thinking here from your perspective is that uh, if the sexual healing is like holding that container, and mm -hmm. like when you actually are holding a container to fulfill your own meet your own need and meet your own need and desires and pleasure, yeah. that's not mm -hmm. actually considered sexual healing from what exactly. I'm saying. Yeah. It's pretty much like it, it's it's all about it's about holding the container in integrity for that person who is who is there trusting mm -hmm. you and help them to you know, to be there for themselves, themselves, and we just hold a container, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah so sexu sexual healing is definitely not uh, sexuality that is engaged with for the purpose of both parties getting their sexual needs met. That is not sexual healing. Yes, indeed. That's a great, great, great point. <laughs> We're going to continue with this. So how do, how do you know sexual healing is for you? Uh, well, I've, there, that's a difficult question. Um, you know it's for you if you, <clears throat> one, uh, are somewhat educated about what it is and is not. Um, so you can choose it from a place of, of empowered choice. So I know what it is. I know what I'm getting myself into. And uh, furthermore, you feel that it would be valuable for you, that perhaps you've had some some past trauma uh, that has been unhealed, uh, either from childhood or later, later in life. And you found that it has impacted your ability to show up uh, sexually uh, with people that you love and care about. Um, maybe you experience full body trauma reactions, you freeze, you find yourself uh, unable to trust, you, found, you find yourself unable to orgasm perhaps, uh, you find that you carry uh, shame or fear or feelings of inadequacy surrounding your sexuality. How about um, for men, like uh, the issues that they have with uh, erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation and issues like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, 
There are many ways of addressing these things, but if you're a man and you do experience those things, such as uh, ejaculating before you choose to ejaculate, uh, or if you find yourself unable to reach a state of, of arousal, uh, or in, in some way your arousal system feels like it could use some work to bring it into a place that feels good to you and your partner, then I would say that some form of sexual healing is probably uh, w- would probably be beneficial. Yeah, awesome. So, I know where we're going with questions, but these have been questions that everybody always asks, and I've been like reading a lot and comments and everything is like, it's, it's always, always grab it, right? So, so I have a compilation of question here. So, sure. you, you share with us, uh, how do you know what, how the sexual healing is for you? So now, how do you know it is not for you? Hmm. Well, um, number one, you don't want it. Um, if you're mistrustful uh, and you think that people are just out to, to get you and uh, you're coming from that place of fear, then it's absolutely not for you, uh, at least not right now. Um, that is that is the number one thing. Uh, the number two thing uh, I would say is choose your sexual he- your your sexual healing modality very carefully. Uh, that if you're somebody that carries a lot of fear, mistrust, strong triggers uh, surrounding your sexuality, I would not suggest going to a hands-on sexual healer first. Um, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, because you're going to bring this this fear and, the, and these incredibly strong uh, uh, strong triggers to, to the situation, and uh, it may be a while before you're actually ready for a hands-on sexual healing experience. So there are many forms of sexual healing that do not take the form of any kind of physical touch. So I would suggest engaging with sexual healing uh, from a place of uh, self-cultivation and belief system restructuring, getting yourself familiar with the world of conscious sexuality and perhaps if you ever feel ready then go for the hands-on work yeah so amazing because you're actually leading us to the next question which is that uh you're explaining a lot of it already but we can go deeper in this one which are mm-hmm. are there levels of stages of sexual healing <clears throat> so that's a difficult question. I, I tend to be a non-hierarchical thinker. Um, so the idea of like there being this level and then this level and this level, and when you reach this level, you're way more advanced, right? <laughs> that, that for me, I, I <laughs> tore my hair out when I was a kid and I was in Boy Scouts because my parents wanted me to care about advancing up to Eagle Scout, and I, I frankly couldn't care less. Um, <clears throat> similarly, in university, I, uh, I mean, I got good grades, but I was very rarely motivated by that grade. So this idea of a hierarchy and levels of healing is, is challenging for me. However, I would say that in your own personal development, you will recognize that 
you know, it's, it's a, it's a process. Life is a journey. Life is a path and your, your healing will also take a, a certain path. So, uh, you may be ready for some things at certain times and not ready for, uh, for others. And that's perfectly okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are more healed at one point or another, but I would say that it definitely means that you've reached a level of comfort with your own self and your own sexuality when you're ready to step into to other things. So I would say that jumping right into a uh, to a red tantra event and going to a bunch of play parties when you um are, are first encountering the the world of uh, sexual healing and conscious sexuality uh, I wouldn't say it's a wrong choice, uh, but I would say that it's certainly going to bring up a lot right at the beginning when perhaps you don't have the spaciousness to to deal with that and you know like you could actually be quite impacted and be put out of commission for weeks <laughs> so yeah. um yeah there's definitely the stuff that's for that's for beginners and stuff that's for people who've, who've done it for a while um one of my favorite initiatory uh Right, so to speak, is a what a tantra people call a puja. Um, mm-hmm. I, if yeah. I do them, I don't. I don't call call it that word, but like uh, white tantra uh, or just being in connection with another, eye gazing, uh, acts of adoration, worship, and devotion. Uh, those are things that feel good to everybody, from the first timer to the person who's been in the world for a long time. Um, yes, yeah. I totally resonate with you. Like giving. Going straight to an uh, event or activity that actually is going to open up all these, <laughs> these part of emotions and mm-hmm. it can be very, maybe that's your path that you choose, <laughs> but it's, it's very fiery. <laughs> it's like, it's not like actually walking on, on cold, you know, like on hot stone. It's actually walking on lava. So. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. I jumped in the deep end. Um, just, uh, right, right off the bat. Um, I don't necessarily recommend it. Yeah, me too. I, mean, <clears throat> I do the same thing. Like I go <clears throat> right on it, and uh, I can say that sometimes I do get burned. So, <clears throat> um, yeah. So if you want to get burned, uh, that may be your way. But uh, definitely, two of us telling us, you know, telling you that maybe <laughs> there's another way. <laughs> um, so that leads us to the next question, which is genital work a part of sexual healing? If yes. At what stage of the process, beginning or advanced stages? Um, I would say that's a very good question. Uh, it can be a part of the process, and it is a part of the process for many people. It does not need to be a part of your process. Um, uh, but if you feel called to engage in it, uh, then by all means, it is a valid. Uh, it is a valid expression of. Um, of your own sexual journey. I would say that uh, sexual healing and genital work uh, doesn't always need to be done in a professional container either. Uh, that if you are somebody who wants to embark on this path and you, you're not certain, like, I don't know if I want to pay somebody to touch me, right? Like, there are educational work so- workshops that you can go to that will help you do a lot of this work at home uh, with your partner or... Um, uh, with whomever really if you and if you're you follow the orgasmic uh, meditation path um, it can be with uh, hundreds of partners at uh, <laughs> one of that <laughs> but um, 
Uh, yeah, so uh, there's all sorts of different ways to engage uh, engage with it. I would say that it can be a part of sexual healing. I would recommend it for people who've been in the field for a, a bit um, before engaging with that. So you're you're not. It can be very triggering for people yeah. who uh, have not uh, familiarized themselves with the work. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that because. Um you know, especially for our audience who are watching, if they don't know about orgasmic meditation, is uh, what we call OM, orgasmic meditation. You can always Google it. Um, I forgot the name of the founder. I, I think her name is Nicole. Nicole Didon, yeah. Yes, and uh, it's a kind of like interesting, uh, you know, activities and process and community and all that stuff. You can always check it out. But it's really important, like uh, Michael saying, that um, the work, I'm all about preparation. And, you know, preparing yourself with your emotions like Michael has shared before, that it's important for you to really see what's actually triggering you, what's happening. It's really important to start mastering some kind of like, um, of tools, right? Like Michael is a, you know, empowerment coach with men and he worked with Dustin who say, hello, great interviews. Hi, Dustin. Thank you for joining us. Um, you know, and they actually, you know, many of us coaches really help our clients to prepare, uh, the mindset like Michael was talking about before, like the rewiring, you know, the things that need to be done before we even go to experience, we're actually going to create more triggers. So really, really important point. So now here we go with the other question that it may be very triggering <laughs> to some people, which is, sure. it's, it's having sex with a client considered sexual healing. We call about a sacred prostitute. If yes, should be offered at the beginning of the journey or at the end or middle or end levels. <laughs> Again, levels. I like levels. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I love this question. Um, yes, absolutely that can be healing. Um, and uh, whether people consider it sexual healing or, healing or not very much depends on the person. There are some people who say, no, no, absolutely not. Prostitutes are not sexual healers, and um, and those are people who are very much uh, embedded in the sexual healing community and want to differentiate themselves from sex workers, which is totally understandable. Um, but on the other hand, uh, I have experience in, in in this world from you know I've had uh, intimate partners who are sex workers, and I can say that uh, in in some cases. Uh, it, what they do is very much sexual healing because there are all of these people out there who who utilize prostitutes to get their sexual needs met and oftentimes these people have no idea how to how to engage in deep intimacy and so they go like to to these women oftentimes women it can be men um and they're, they're looking for something. They're looking to get their, uh, their cup filled, so to speak. And oftentimes they don't, they don't see these women as people, as individuals. They're just bodies. And so these women will oftentimes take it upon themselves to do emotional labor along with the, the physical touching of, um, of a man or engagement with them. And it very much depends on the level of consciousness and the intention of the sex worker, um, whether they do that healing work or whether they're intentionally just there, I'm just going to get them off and get my money. 
Um, and so there are women and men who, who do this work and are very, very much deeply integrous sexual healers. And um, there are some who are sometimes and not other times. And, uh, the, and the point is, and this is why sexual healers like to differentiate themselves from, uh, from, other, from other workers in the field of sexuality, is that um, the, oftentimes in sex work, the boundaries are hazy. And it is very much up to, it's all in the dark, um, you know, except in Nevada. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, it, it can be difficult to discern what is sexual healing and what is not. And there are no standards. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Like, um, mm-hmm. I know that I'm a big avoid for, um, for honoring and respecting the prostitute or, you know, the sex workers out there because they're amazing, incredible beings that they have, um, they, they're amazing human beings and, you know, yeah. they're doing things with, with passion and desire and we, I'm, you know, I'm always saying we don't know anybody's life. Like, we don't know anything, what's happening. Like, we don't know anything. So I always invite, love to invite people to just stop the prejudices and, like, the judgment. And just uh, honor and respect them. And I do agree with Michael that there are amazing practitioners out there. Uh, they do, um, you know, um, they have sex with their client. But they, like, like Michael mentioned, the very integral way where that integrity is there, they like the intention is there, like Michael shared at the beginning, what is not sexual healing is that aspect of, oh, I'm getting benefit from you and you're getting benefit from me. It's like that aspect of, like, um, Right, like that integrativeification mm-hmm. aspect of it, and I do appreciate and honor the, um, the sexual healers who do sexual work that they have an integrity and they also have like a higher uh, standard, and also they, the intention is to really, really help the client. So, right. it's like if if someone approaches uh, sex work from the position of how can I most deeply serve this client. Uh, there are many people who choose to have sex with their clients who do so with that intention. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not simply to, to give them a, a one-off experience and move on to the next and just to get their bills paid. It's like they view it as a career and it's uh, something that, that energizes them, that they, that they love doing, you know, um, how can I, how can I open this man up more? How can I get him to connect with his body more deeply? How can I teach him to, to pleasure me in a way that he can take out of this encounter and bring to other people in his life? Yeah. You know, um, and that's amazing work. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, we don't know, um, we really don't know what these, uh, individual men and women come, uh, in, into the, you know, looking for what they're looking for. Like, so, you know, like like you said, some um, sexual sex workers who do this with integrity, they have a great intention to really be there to help the person to heal at mm-hmm. a deeper level. Uh, and sometimes even people who offer, you know, even um, like I'm not just putting the contrast of it. That even like, let's say our coaches, sometimes we don't go in sessions with integrity with our clients and we just like, <laughs> so it's like, it's all about intention. It really, really, I love that. It's all about intention of the being a sacred prostitute and just yep. 
for everyone again, if you follow me and you follow Michael and all that, we, we really love and adore and respect our sexual healers, so, <laughs> uh, our sex workers, so really, uh, I invite everyone to respect that. So now, this is a question that really I'm so passionate to hear from you, the answer, because you have been being very open about this and, uh, really I have seen seeing you writing a lot on different forums. So <clears throat> here we go. What are the code of ethic sexual healers should have with clients, even for those who offer sexual work as part of it? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so that's a very good question. And um, I would say a couple of things. First of all, I do not do uh, professional hands-on sexual healing work. So let me just make that as a disclaimer out there. Um, <laughs> so, so, so you can take, you can take my answer, uh, for what it is, which is an informed, I'm an informed observer who has many friends who, who do do this work and, uh, do it with integrity. Um, I would say that the, Rather than, than giving a comprehensive list of, of everything that needs to be invo involved, I'm going to point to a couple of things that I've noticed are sorely lacking. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first of these is an accountability process. Um, oh, actually, yeah, we'll start with the accountability process. So oftentimes within these containers, things, things come up that people engage with each other in ways that may or may not be in integrity. Um, and in those cases, oftentimes people will ha have in the past ended up feeling violated, likely will in the future. Um, and there's no way to call people on it. Uh, because there's no, there's no structure or oversight in place for how this work is conducted. There's no one to hold them accountable. Um, and as such, there, although there are many, many gems of people who are sexual healers and in the sexual healing community, there have also been people who are on their own, I mean, everyone is, but who are very much on their own learning and growth process. Uh, the world of Tantra can attract people who are in it for the egoic gratification of, um, I can have anyone that I want. Mm -hmm. Don't you want to sleep with me? I am a tantric god. I can um, ejaculate five times in a session. Like, you know, um, like, and then it's like, Ooh, let me sit, let me get, let me give me a piece of that. And then it's like, oh God, I, I get so activated and then dropped. Um, and that can be really, um, traumatic, uh, for yeah. a lot of people. There's people who, who go out there like, um, tantra healers and they're just like, you know, uh, getting like women off willy nilly, like, uh, just putting their hands on people. Don't, don't care where that person is at in their, in their personal journey. Don't ask the necessary questions and, and therefore people get hurt. Um, and there's no accountability. There's no one to, to take these people who are very powerful individuals and they've developed a, a massive amount of skill and attunement and everything, but there's nobody to, to, to say, Hey, you're causing harm. Yeah. Stop. Um, so there is no accountability process. Huge problem. Um, the second thing, uh, is a code of ethics or a code of conduct um, that is publicly stated, 
uh, and held across the board, and that uh, you know basically will enable that accountability process. Uh, so uh, oftentimes. I'm not going to name any any names for organizations or, or whatever, but when I engaged, um, I had a lot of questions. I like there was a question, of, you know, it, I went with a, with a partner to an event, and the, the, there was a question of like, hey, is this facilitator who's been uh, studying tantra for 20 years, like, and uh, you know, has a billion partners, is this person like going to like try to sleep with my partner? Is that something that's going to happen? Like, I fear, you know, like. Uh, that's nobody should have to be comparing themselves to somebody who's worked in the field of conscious sexuality forever. And like, there's this, this ability that you develop when you do it for a long time to just open people up in a way that maybe they've never opened before. And it can be really destructive if that, um, if, if there's no clarity and, um, and assurance for a first timer that they know what to expect and they know how they're going to be engaged with and they know what the rules are and they can trust. Uh, so that code of ethics is, is an incredibly important piece. Um, and I have yet to encounter a, an organization that does tantra or sexual healing that really upfront nails those power dynamics in a code of conduct that will provide a container of absolute safety. Um, and I've noticed that the response is, why does that exist? Is often like, well, you know, if people get triggered, that's, that's on them. Examine your own shadow. What are you afraid of? Like putting, it's gaslighting. Like it's putting the responsibility for, um, making sure that you're, that you're okay, like onto the person who should be feeling most held. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so the, these are uh, these are things that um, I think I n- need to need to be in place. And um, in that code of ethics, I think one one thing that is incredibly crucial is is to understand that when you engage with someone, particularly with hands-on work, though with any work really, is there is the there is the capability for transference. Yeah. So that is. Um, uh, somebody opens you up, somebody helps you, assists you with your healing in some way, and this happens in psychology as well, and then all of a sudden you start to feel attachment with them. You start to feel this sense of like, oh, I'm so grateful, like you opened me up in this way that nobody has before, let me fixate on you. <laughs> and um, uh, that is the cap- uh, that is where uh, the capability for harm comes in when that person takes takes that and then um, uses that person to gratify their own needs. Uh, and so steps must be taken to avoid this transference. Uh, I do know uh, what one thing is a code of ethics that's stated at the beginning is, is really important. If you go and you um, uh, give someone a, a, a yoni massage, for example, without uh, making it clear what this is and what this is not, um, then I... Uh, and even if you do, there can still sometimes be that transference and attachment, right? So, like, what I know that some sexual healers do is they will actually, if they are doing hands-on genital work, they will actually put a blindfold on the person who is receiving the touch so that they do not form an anchor with the practitioner and that it becomes all about their own bodily experience rather than the connection that they feel with the practitioner, which is, I think, an amazing way of dealing uh, with the issue of transference with hands-on sexual work. Yeah. 
So I don't I don't feel I'm qualified to give a full answer to this question, but I can I've I feel I've I've given the answer that uh, I'm most qualified to give. Well, I think that you have mentioned the very very basic and not just basic but very fundamental aspect of mm -hmm. it. So really really appreciate that. Um, so a next question is. Can sexual healing not involve general work, sexual erotic massage or copulation? For those who they don't know what, what copulation is, copulation is having sex. <laughs> yes, um, so uh, absolutely. I mean, I do that. That's what I do on a, a daily basis. Um, yeah. I work with men, and uh, I hold a space for men to open up and to speak about their sexuality in a way that in their daily lives there is often not the space for. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so many people, especially, well, so many people, I'm not even going to say especially men, go around with all of these things that they just carry inside and they feel they can't speak about because our society still is, in the United States at least, is predominantly sex negative. Um, you can't talk about sex at work, you can't talk about it with your mom, you know, you, it's, um, it's not polite conversation. So it's so important to have these spaces in which uh, they can be spoken about uh, and that's one way uh, that you can uh, engage with sexual healing without without touch is simply being that space holder for the conversation, the exploration. And the second way is to provide uh, provide people with modalities or tools to use themselves at home to begin to engage with their sexuality in a new way. Yeah. So, for example, one thing that I do is called sexual self mastery. Um, and uh, this is work that I do with uh, with Destin, and what it is is a, is a program that's designed for men to get them to connect with their own bodies by touching their bodies and in what we call erotic self-exploration, uh, to play with their arousal, uh, to get themselves uh, to know their arousal systems more deeply without a partner, and to bring themselves and to, to stay at those heightened levels of arousal and to play with how 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 long can they um, can they maintain those states of arousal without actually going over the edge? Eventually, to begin to use breath and sound and uh, visualization and movement um, to fully get into their bodies, get into their experience, enhance their aliveness and to eventually separate orgasm from ejaculation so they can reach uh, heights of pleasure that they may not have imagined possible. Yeah. And actually, this is a question that I personally love because mm -hmm. uh, being in the sexual field for some years, you know, at the beginning of going into navigating this whole field that could be very cloudy <laughs> it could be like so many it could be like what it's like you know oh uh, like i was sharing with another speaker um you know i have memories and rememberings of ancient egypt being like sexually all appreciated with energy right like you can see that i always remember the orgies and the energetic orgies and all that stuff which is fun <laughs> that's my thing <laughs> but it is and and just navigating the whole thing of tantra sexual healing work and what it would be called for it took me years to actually get to the clarity that I do this work and I don't do touch genitals like and mm -hmm. and I'm very clearly with a 
you know, being specific, like, you know, like the work that we do together with Dustin and all the other coaches mm-hmm. that help sexuality, it is the process of preparing people in the sexual healing journey. It is actually sexual healing. Yes. I, I feel like some people, um, sometimes I feel like we get, you know, we just, it, it is being so confused that it has taken me personally as so long to even own it and say, yes, I do this work. <laughs> I don't do the mm-hmm. genitals, but I do this work because we do in the preparation to, yeah. so when somebody, uh, in the, you know, I'll call them the advanced part of it, when the emotions, they can master the emotions, they can master the sexuality, they can master uh, all these other beautiful things, you know, they can be fully ready so there's no, uh, for me, Personally, there's no that way of interfering with the other, with the um, interference with the the therapist. Like they're not attaching anything to the therapist because they really have shed a lot of the attachment that they have. They may still a little bit of it, but it's not mm-hmm. profound like at the beginning of it. So yeah. it is why I love this question because it really put all of us who do this work around sexuality in preparation stages, you know, um, and on it that on it that mm-hmm. these. The beginning, right? And some levels. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so we've got that. And our question, next question is, do you feel clients who are looking for sexual healing from sexual trauma enroll into process and journey of preparation and purging before experiencing sexual touch from a qualified practitioner? I know I'm repeating many questions, but... It's different. Different. Um. <laughs> So, first of all, um, if if you are looking to to go into your uh, your sexual trauma, first of all, congratulations. Uh, the vast majority of of people out there who have sexual trauma. Uh, sadly, will likely uh, never intentionally explore it. Uh, there are people who go their entire lives uh, leading. If they have, if if you say they have blocks that keep them here, they just work within that, and their capacity for expression and for experience re- will remain hampered by that trauma unless it's intentionally addressed for the rest of their lives. There are couples who who simply don't have sex. Um, even though there's deep love there, because they are afraid of being triggered and opening that Pandora's box. Uh, so congratulations. Um, and I would say that if you do decide to go in this journey, um, prep- uh, preparing yourself in a in in a, in a great number of ways is advised. Um, your your self care is important. Um, it's it's an incredibly important to watch uh, to wa- pay attention to to your energy, your diet, uh, your um, your exercise. Everything during this healing journey is is important to uh, to address and and to look at. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily. Um, like recommend any one particular method of, of preparation, but embark on it with the the gravitas that it uh, that it deserves, so to speak, and find yourself a a guide that you really trust, or several, ideally several. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, and that leads us to the next next two question, which be, um, how can we tell who is qualified? 
a qualified practitioner and where can we find them? I wish I had a better answer for this. Um, uh, the short answer is you can't know for sure. Um, uh, and the other thing is that even if there were a licensing uh, authority, uh, you still couldn't know for sure. Um, there's plenty of people who are board certified physicians who are quacks. There's plenty of psychologists who, uh, you know, practice out of integrity. There's plenty of lawyers who, who quite frankly, shouldn't be practicing law. And in, in those cases, uh, and in all cases, use your discernment. Um, and that means using all the tools that are available at your disposal. Using your, uh, your gut, uh, trust your gut. Uh, if you don't feel it's right, don't do it. If you have any questions, don't do it. Um, if uh, if you are not 100% yes to something, uh, don't do it. Uh, the other tool that you have at your disposal is asking around. Um, talk with not just one person, but a lot of people. Uh, get, you know, ask for references. Uh, get, if, if there's an individual that a lot of people end up referring you to for your particular form of trauma, chances are that that is going to be someone to speak with, you know, vet people. Um, uh, and I think that the conversation that's happening now surrounding all of these, these people in the sexual healing community either being called out or they're just being conversations about this is, is, is a great sign means that the community is slowly self-regulating and coming into deeper integrity. I have great hope for this process in the future that the field will become ever safer for people who, for actually the, the huge and growing number of people who are seeking this work. Uh, so uh, I'd say that there's more information and more light awareness being shed on this than there ever has been before and more conversations are having are, are being um are being hailed uh, are happening now than than have ever happened in the past in the past i have encountered the sort of whenever a discussion of integrity or uh, or something was brought up there from some people in the community there's always just this no, we don't never it's all on them we don't talk about it um and I believe that people in the sexual healing community don't just need to be integrity. Uh, they need to be models of integrity and they need to speak about it. And they need to be open to being challenged and having public discussions, not only about how great orgasms are, not only about how wonderful uh, sex can be and marketing language and all this crap. They need to be having these difficult conversations publicly. And here's one way you can tell. If they don't and they're not, question why. I love that. I love that actually very powerful. Like before you start working with anyone, actually see, like study them, like listen to them, see where their perspective, their philosophy, like what they're actually about. Are they actually um are they actually speaking the truth or they, there's contradiction to what they say and sometimes one of the biggest things that I look into is like, are they following, are they contradicting themselves? Because sometimes we do contradict ourselves. And when you, when you, we, we get questioned by the contradiction, how do we react? And 
again, like we get offended or not, like how, how it is. So really, really mm-hmm. important to have these open, vulnerable conversations and really ask questions. I love ask questions <laughs> because it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, uh, difficult conversations are sexy. Um, yeah. I love them. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate you. For So for anyone who has been uh, listening today and watching us today live, uh, if they resonate with anything that you say, how they can get in touch with you, where they can find you? <clears throat> well, uh, first of all, you can friend me on Facebook. Um, I'm very open to that. Uh, Michael Author. And the other thing is, if you're wondering about the work that I do, uh, you can head to evolvemasculine.com. Uh, and it shows uh, the work that I do with Dustin and many of the, the programs and ways to engage that are available to you. Uh, we do um, work surrounding empowerment and sexual self-mastery, as well as for people who wish to step into doing this work and being, uh, and being coaches uh, of men themselves. Yeah, and you guys only work with men, right? Um, Except with our Evolved Masculine Leadership Program, Uh, our coaches training program, we will uh, train women to work with men. Uh, But for the most part, our work is with men. Yay. Mm -hmm. I love your work, guys. I really appreciate Evolved Masculine. Um, I love and I hope to see Dustin (laughs) in our interview, too. And uh, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate Thank you, Lucia. Love you, and have a great, fantastic rest of the day. You too. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.